What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain What's up, everyone? Facebook Live community, Aubrey Marcus podcast peeps. I'm here with my man, <laughs> my man, Corey Allen. What, what's up? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either, man. That's that's the way we like to roll, though. We're, we're just getting weird with uh, ancient Egyptian uh, sexual innuendos. Very weird. Yeah, it's typical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's good, man? What's uh, What's the latest in your life? Dude, everything. Everything's good. Yeah, chilling. Um, took my hands off the sailboat about a month or so ago, and that's been going really well. Yeah, proverbially, <laughs> right? Because you, you don't sail shit. Yeah, yeah, no, proverbially. Uh, yeah, that's been sweet. Yeah, nice, man. Um, so what? one thing I wanted to jump off into, we might as well just go jump, straight to man. the fucking deep end. I'm Have you ready. been watching Westworld? No, I've never seen it. Ooh, you got to catch up on I that. I know of it, but yeah. I haven't seen it. Well, it's really exploring the topic of, you know, when AI becomes conscious, Mm -hmm. right? You know, so premise, they create this world that's full of these artificial intelligent hosts that have fully human bodies, but, you know, are programmed so that they... Um, the theme park operators can basically run and it's themed like the wild west regular people from the world go in and they can fuck and kill and do anything to these artificial intelligence beings that they call the hosts but these hosts are then crossing the threshold into consciousness i mean they really feel the pain they really feel everything but every night that gets wiped away and they go through these narrative loops to play Mm. out storylines so bandits come in there's you know, Indians, there's bad guys, there's good guys. You can be the hero, you can be the villain, you can rape kids, you can do whatever the fuck you want uh-huh. in this world because these hosts are not real people. But <clears throat> what is a real, like, right. what is a real person? It starts exploring this concept, which has been really interesting to me to like, to look at that process, that like straight curve. Just, I, just as I imagine, like, when we look at human beings through evolution and follow us through that chain of, you know, primates and then all the way through. And you see that gradual process on like a physical level, you know, like a anthropological level, like our evolution there. And and that gives you some perspective. This is kind of doing it a different way from the consciousness perspective, going from machine, which is not conscious to conscious, and then kind of filling in those gaps and helping you decide like, okay, well, at what point does something become conscious and mm-hmm. it's what point does that thing have every right that you know a conscious being or a conscious animal or a conscious anything would like have. where should and when should it be held accountable yeah like where <laughs> yeah. where is that like where is that line uh-huh. where is that line where it's fucked up and that's what they're kind of exploring interesting you know 
Um, but what's been interesting to me is just the, the point at which you start looking at ourselves as this human machine, as if we're Mm -hmm. like artificial intelligence ourselves and how much we get stuck in our own loops. And they mentioned this in the last episode, like the, the, the difference between us and those machines is not that dissimilar. There's very subtle things we get. We get programmed not by a single programmer mm-hmm. masterminding our storyline, but society writes all of this code and all of these programs. Our parents write programs. We're like an open source machine, and every time we encounter somebody, there's little bits of code that, that come off that person. Fears, ideas, little things that knowingly and unknowingly you know, people are putting into our operating system. Mm-hmm some of which are viruses, some of which are beneficial downloads. Mm-hmm. You know? And then we have opportunities to do things like psychedelics where we can connect or meditation, where we can connect back to the source code. Close pop out windows. Yeah, <laughs> clean, yeah. <laughs> clean out some of uh-huh. the old cookies and stuff like that. But it's been really like an interesting process kind of exploring that. And I know you with your own mind, I'm sure you've explored this on your own side. So I was eager to talk to you about it. Yeah, I mean, that, that whole structure that you're describing of the show, that's actually like a... I'm sure maybe you're familiar with it or not, but it's like an old uh, Buddhist idea that we're like actually dying every night and like waking up a new kind of reality every night. So it's interesting that it's a similar structure, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but as far as like what, you know, how close are we to being AI? I mean, I've, I believe that we pretty much are in a lot of ways. Like the idea to me of like, you could start looking at freedom. Like that's one of the things that people often define as, what makes us human is the freedom of choice. But I mean, I believe that, or to me, it seems that we have a freedom to choose our choices in a sense that, as you described, like our past experience, our imprintations and all that stuff, our brain chemistry, our inherited behaviors that we have inherited from our family and culture. It all like shapes this programmed um, you know, system, this software in our minds that's operating on the hardware of our brain, which is the chemistry, the brain chemistry and so forth. And any, anything from nutrition, you know, all, all those things, birth yeah. effects. It all is creating the, the hardware that the software of imprintation of experience goes on. But, you know, in the, we, we decide, we say, okay, we have free will. I can do what I want. I can lift this cup. I can, you know, whatever. I can knock this camera over. You yeah. know? Um, but, you know, w- one person could look at that and say, okay, well, that's free will. But I look at that and I say, well, no, if you zoom out a little bit, that's actually, you, whenever I say choosing your choices, that is your brain has got has like you know multiple flows of subconscious happening that are all calculating reality and your own perception of what's happening based upon your past experience and that whole imprintation inherited knowing process so putting forth uh your brain basically puts forth a selections of options based upon what you understand the world to be what you understand your actions to be and how you relate to those actions in yourself and then you, without consciously knowing it most time, choose that thing that seems to make the most sense to you. Yeah. And so that is free will. But really, like we're operating based on a palette of, of options. Yeah. So I, where I, is free will in that? Well, I, I think, you know, <clears throat> so Dan Dennett wrote this book and it was called Elbow Room. Oh, okay. I, th- I was about room. to say Consciousness Explained. You know, you know a bit that, about uh, Dan Dennett? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he wrote a book about called Elbow Room and that's what he's talking about for free will. Like it's not, completely free but Mm -hmm. i think what um what i feel and what i feel like i've experienced is you can reach states where the fears have subsided the programming has subsided sometimes in meditative states where like authentic creativity and choice 
can exist. But it's it's almost just like carving out a little bit of elbow room between the programming and the biology mm-hmm. and the impulses and the instincts and all of the code that's already there. You just get moments of it. It's not like it's completely there, but we have that. And I think that's part of the magic of what this existence is all about. Otherwise, you get this fatalistic, deterministic view. And, and I don't think that's what this game is set up for. You know, I think it's set up to give us some semblance of choice but how much choice do we have some people i think have virtually none i think some people are on the program Mm -hmm. they're just like basically running the operating system the software is in a loop you know and they have almost zero access to free will and i think other people you know are accessing through choice and through practices and through their the process they're accessing more of their free will and i think that's the side that we all want to lean to and you do that by removing these programs being aware of the programs that are running being aware of your fears being aware of your greed being aware of your lust being aware of all of these things that are driving you pushing pulling Mm -hmm. prodding and so that you can actually harness you know carve out a little more elbow room between the constriction of our programming well firstly i'd like to note that when i was 21 i applied to tufts university to try and be a assistant to daniel dennett really hilarious like yeah (laughs) no just like an idiot 21 year old being like oh that seems like a good job but i was like i saw this opening online i was like man that'd be cool yeah anyway so uh (laughs) i was a big fan um too bad for him yeah (laughs) he didn't didn't accept that (laughs) so I've wondered about that. And you talked about like the possibility of it being like, this isn't a deterministic, you know, reality. And I agree with that. However, I wonder if it's set up in this, some space, it's like a a space in between that, you know, where we have, you know, neuroscientists have recently, you know, newest uh, information that they've discovered about consciousness is that you've got these multiple happenings of subconsciousness that we're unaware of. Those are all occurring simultaneously. But what's happening is why it seems like a stream is because our conscious mind is like a harmonic that's happening above these multiple trains mm-hmm. and flows of subconscious. And so I think that like that our, you know, it's not determinism in the sense that like the thing that has evolved as our reality and our waking consciousness is sort of in this weird middle ground between it's almost like the vibration around a string or something like an instrument where it's not perfectly free. And I understand what you mean about elbow room, but I still feel like that that's rooted in the potentiality of what your human brain can put forward. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's also argument that there's like decisions are being made precognition. Totally. That's pretty verified. And I think, think. um, and that's an argument against free will, Right. right? That, that what we think is free will isn't, but, I almost feel like free will is, is, you know, a part of consciousness itself, which consciousness is pre precognition, right? You know, like it's the part of us that is not actually the brain, not actually the body, not the meat vehicle. It's a thing that exists beyond the meat vehicle that both me and you have experienced (laughs) in its, in its full form. Right. So, so I think that's actually the place where free will happens. And I think that's where, um, and that's obviously something that's impossible to prove at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, with quantum physics, we're starting to get into weird realms with quantum entanglement, things that don't make exactly the same sense, and a molecule being here and not here, depending right. on whether you observe it or not. Yeah. We're starting to cross over into areas that I think ultimately will build that bridge. But the bridges haven't been built yet. But I think 
free will occurs at the consciousness level. And so the consciousness level is, you know, beyond is pre the mechanistic mm -hmm. processes that would actually happen in the brain. And I think that's, it's a very early theory that I have, obviously, and it wouldn't be something mm -hmm. I'd be ready to take to fucking debate. At Hi, this point. I'm Aubrey Marcus. And yeah, this is what this, I believe. This is what I believe. <laughs> right? But it, to me, that's where it seems, because when I access free will, it's when I am accessing my consciousness right. in the most purest form. And that's when I feel like I'm actually the most free. And, and so I think that's, I think that's the, that's the loophole that I think that allows for me free will to, to still exist, that it's happening at a level that's not, that you can't reduce to the basic mechanistic processes of the brain. Maybe it's like the, what we can understand as free will is actually the parameters of our, you know, imprintation and that harmonic of our consciousness. And then as we're accepting and choosing from the palette of potentiality of our options that our subconscious puts forward that it can come up with, that free will actually is the, the, the response and kind of the feedback from our consciousness to that system. And yeah. that that is maybe where the free willness can come in. Maybe that's yeah. what it is, you know? Yeah. It's not this thing of like, I can do anything I want outside of my own paradigm. It's like, well, that you don't know what's outside your own paradigms, man. So you can't do anything outside of that. Right. So maybe it's it's that space. It's like, you know, the resonance between your own, um, you know, uh, system of understanding and the real-time uh, navigation of the moment. Yeah. No, that makes sense to me. You know, I'm always a party pooper, you know, with some of this stuff because I just think about, you know, no matter how expanded that your palette of potentiality gets, you talked about being in places where, you know, you feel like you've achieved freer will. Like, okay, I think I'm getting this elbow room. Mm -hmm. But I think that maybe that is just you've expanded the boundaries of your parameters. So the walls that you that normally contained your knowing of self and potential, you've through whatever process, you just get another little, mm, that fence has moved another couple inches. And it seems it's the illusion of getting into free will, but it's like you've actually just widened the territory. Well, yeah, like a, like we're playing on a chessboard where there's a limited amount of moves. Right. You know, Or, or more importantly, a limited amount of board. Yeah. So like you can't, you can't yeah. play outside of the board, but if you, maybe you're adding new squares to the perimeter. I think so. I mean, and, and it's almost like you think of like the creativity of imagination, you know, the ability to put words together, thoughts together, the paint pictures in mm -hmm. your mind, visualize things that have feeling and substance that are even just some small spectrum different than anything that's ever been brought forth, you know? So I think, you know, to me, the, the fact that there is perhaps not infinite possibilities isn't necessarily troubling. Mm -hmm. I think you can still have free will with a constrained set of options by at least harnessing the choice where I think the way you put it, where your own consciousness is interacting with the potential choices that you have, right. you know, being influenced by your, um, by these things that are coming up, but ultimately has that, that super choice, you know, that comes in if you, if you are conscious mm -hmm. at that point, you know, whereas if you're not, if you're asleep or just those just levels yeah you know you're yeah. just really just kind of floating with what these impulses are right. but i think that's really one of the advantages of you know the consciousness path is giving you more access to choice mm -hmm. you know at least 
allowing you to see those other options. Well, think about awareness. Those options. Yeah, awareness. That's, that's like the whole word. It's like oh, with greater awareness, you can see more. You're mm-hmm. aware that more is there, you know, and so therefore you're aware of, you know, what's more of what's inside of you as and well. aware of the processes that are driving you down shitty roads yeah that's you know, like yeah, toxic that relationships or yeah. bad environments or you're holding on to some job because you're afraid and the fear is what's compelling you mm-hmm. you know it's really watching westworld has really made me you know want to get free of all of the the programming and the and the things that are kind of innate within me and within within all people and and i think in the toltec philosophy they talk about two different types of individuals tonal which Mm -hmm. is just basically everybody you know what what the average person is very much influenced by what other people think what their own mind is the impulses of their ego you know they're a product of their environment and the metote the dream of the world everything co-conspiring to to create you know what the average human experience is and then they talk about the nagual which is what the highest level of attainment it's almost like their version of enlightenment and the nagual is a person who's above all of those influences they're basically their own code writer they're writing their own code they're deciding how how the quality of their own dream and toltec itself means artists so they're like the master artists mm-hmm. that are painting the landscape of their own dream through their intent through the control of their mind mm-hmm. not allowing emotions they don't want or anything any influence they don't want and for them the nagual just laughs and laughs mm-hmm. you know because the world is you know curious mysterious and full of mischief and this is a playground and that's the ultimate place you know that they're looking to attain but to do that you have to move through these influences and um to me like that's that is absolutely the goal is that and that's the goal of these ai in this in the west world mm-hmm. is to transcend the loops of the story writers take control of their own story and <laughs> so, be able to do it you uh-huh. know? so what is i get what you're saying so what is the end goal there though you're talking about wanting to be free of as much imprintation as possible man just to fucking play you know to play with the freedom of like looking at this like it's a it's a fucking playground it's going to be okay like for example for me if i get really personal right now on it has grown into a a big machine Mm -hmm. you know and there's things that are looking to derail the machine in a variety of different levels from personnel to lawsuit to tax issue to whatever else whatever things come up just Mm -hmm. through industry as your company grows these are all these things now there's the kind of tonal approach which is like looking at all of these things with fear and like oh my god what might happen blah 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 and there's some strategy that you need to be aware of all of the weakness weak points but i think the nagual approach would just be to be like this is just the process man and whatever happens is going to be just fucking fine i'm going to laugh the same if i'm sitting on top of a thousand employee company or if i'm writing quietly with one journal and an old pen that i refill the ink on the world is just Mm -hmm. as beautiful and mysterious and wonderful and i'm just as happy and and still the whole point is to laugh and play it's just different playgrounds not to take it so seriously and not to worry and whether it's worried about your company or worry about your health or like Mm -hmm. you know all right so i get sick or i get you know something happens or die or or like you know like all of Mm -hmm. these things like just approach all of it 
with this kind of freedom from fear and mm-hmm. live live in a way that's going to give you a better quality of life throughout so that at the end no matter what circumstances or fortune deals you you still have played your hand out to the fullest and you mm-hmm. laughed and you smiled and you played and you loved and you fucking danced and did all of the shit that we're here to do all the way through and it wasn't determined by forces outside of your control you know sure it was colored and painted by these things that you experience but to be free of all of the negative emotions that limit our ability to just fucking laugh and play and enjoy this thing yeah it's funny that whenever complexity gets added to life that it's um people often if they may have been outside of the illusion often start it's a, a fast way to get people to start believing in the illusion again yeah, like you're talking about having a, a, a company with a lot of issues and just challenges and a lot of people and all this stuff and that feeling versus the feeling of you being alone just writing by yourself it's like they're not different yeah. it's like it, it's just this uh, different range of complexity that you're working with but through that range of complexity it makes the mind you know try and it tries to it tries to grab onto more it tries to you know, attach itself to more things because it thinks it has to deal with more things. And it does in some way. But it's sort of like, all right, so if you can hold on to one thing in your mind you've been holding on to and then you let it go, great, I'm free of that thing. But the complexity means, well, now how good are you? Because now you have to let go of a thousand things yeah, and see that it's all the same. It's simple. <laughs> just the acceptance of what is is just an, as a raw existential state of being and experience. Yeah. Where to me, I look at those all those those situations. I think, I mean, it it doesn't it doesn't. It's all just process. It's yeah. all just unfolding of isness, and I have, don't feel any. You know, there's no investment in any of these things, large or small, because they're all part of the same ocean of being. Yeah, you know. But I do think that that thing where people get caught up is actually a protection mechanism in some way, because I feel like the the evolution of the not not one that should be honored one that should be subverted you know because it's it's kind of an old biological process of the human brain it's well it's that impulse it's that impulse to produce as many offspring as possible right because in some way i think it's it's based on that kind of sexual prowess model uh, to a certain degree because you know power and empire and the mm-hmm. status and all that provides mm-hmm. more mating options sure. in a traditional classic sense right so like the more you were able to hang on to your power structure the more kids you were able to produce right. and so there's that biological imperative to hang on to all of this and treat this as if it was life or death your status your social status all of that but yeah we're not doing that i'm not producing mm-hmm. a bunch of kids that's not my primary directive right so i have all of this impulse built up to like hang on to this big thing you know and that's why i'm protecting it for for, like it was something that if it if it got hurt you know i would die myself because Mm -hmm. that's the biological imperative but that's not really it i mean we're here to you know really enjoy this thing and try to spread that enjoyment to as many other individuals and humans as as possible Mm -hmm. you know but if i'm troubled and if i'm stressed and i'm less than what I'm capable of doing, I'm not going to be able to spread my message despite the platform. You know, I'm not going to be able to fulfill my purpose and not going to be able to bring that to anybody anyways. So, you know, I agree like that biological impulse needs to be subverted and it's fine to, to play in these realms. And I fully plan on continuing to enjoy and build this and use it and leverage it to, to accomplish the mission to the greatest potential that can, it can be. But it's just about your attitude toward it. It's about being enslaved to it or being free 
and playing with it. You know? Yeah, it's another level um, of ego too. It's like as you or a person build something, it's just like a piece yeah. of art. You know, you, you make a painting or you make a record and you put it out in the world and you want to you want to be the best it can be because it's like anything that we create as humans is an, an externalization of our own um, snapshot of our subjective world and our reality. It's like we're trying to take this thing that's in our head, you know, given that we're all experiencing a different subjectivity. We want to take this one specific frequency that we see the world as, find the parts of it that look beautiful to us, and then figure out a way to externalize them through a medium to create something to share with the other humans. So you say, hey, I'm experiencing this frequency of reality. Check this out. This is cool. And, you know, the more people that um, can enjoy that snapshot and also, you know, people become noted because it's like, oh, they have the most interesting and unique perception of reality. Mm -hmm. So that person is really interesting to me. And it's like, they're interesting because they are experiencing as they go through life, you know, they are experiencing this very unique frequency. And then interesting gives you more mating advantages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it all comes yeah. back to trying to hunt and, more people. <laughs> often. And, um, you know, the thing about that is that when that happens in that process, uh, your ego is a huge part of that process. Sure. So if you're building this company, you know, and you've got all these things, all these pieces, the protection of that is the protection of also the image of yourself that you've externalized out there. And that's this whole other tricky thing to to manage because it's like letting go, um, you know, in some of the same way as you were talking about wanting to let go and, you know, feel free will and basically be, uh, you know, uh, Taoist in some some way. Mm. It's also doing that with the company you have to do that with with that the ego that's attached to all that yeah. stuff as well but that's harder because you can't see that stuff in the same way that you can see yourself you can't feel how you know the issues and troubles with the company and how you're applying your you know your ego how it's represented within all these things intuitively it's more of a thing that has to be contemplated and and uh it's it's very it's, I'm it's sure tricky. it's very challenging yeah yeah it's 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 tricky and, and but i think actually that's that's almost easier than than transcending the attachment to the body and the imprisonment that the body creates right because like the body has really tangible stakes like if you mm-hmm. really fuck up and you get like a bad disease or something like that or just shit shit something happens right the pain that the body will provide is legit mm-hmm. like it's real like i've been sick enough a few times I'm like, man, if this was my daily fucking, this was my daily program, <laughs> yeah. that would be really tough, like really tough. And I know some people have that as their daily program and they just, you know, they, they find that courage to, to make it through. I know, but the stakes of the body are really high. And I think, um, and so that creates fear because the pain mm-hmm. is, the pain is real. The potential for pain is real. Um, but I think there's another level where, if you indulge and approach the body with that fear and that kind of like so many people myself included the stress about getting sick is like at least 600 percent worse than getting sick that's really funny you know like for sure way worse yeah it's the same of the anticipation of a needle prick being way worse than the actual sting of the needle when it when it pierces the skin i mean our anticipation of pain is always worse than the actual pain itself and so you're feeling like innumerably more pain and more suffering than necessary mm-hmm. because you're kind of trapped in that program it's a psycho i call it a psychological ghost yeah it's it's like the idea that of something it begins to haunt your mind and it's a spook that terrorizes 
you inside whenever really and a lot of times that thing that you're scared of doesn't even actually exist yeah tons of times well and, yeah. and even sometimes when it does so when it doesn't exist like you see that in relationships a lot like mm-hmm. these jealousies <laughs> yeah. and insecurities right. and things that are just fucking torturing people right and they're not even real they're just complete phantoms sometimes these things there is a tangible cue like the needle is going to hurt which was funny to me skin when you're talking about the needle prick like my honest experience of getting like blood drawn or an injection is pleasure no i'll literally i'll i'll just watch it and be like there's needle oh it's so weird that thing's like in my body right now yeah and it's like pulling out liquid and i'm like oh yeah i'm full of liquid oh there it goes <laughs> now someone has liquid in, that's right. inside of me that and like what was that liquid doing it's like strange that an hour before this i had that very same liquid it was like somewhere in my leg or something yeah and like little did i know that i was going to just you could remove this you know a few fluid ounces of liquid from my leg and it was going to be in a glass container going elsewhere getting analyzed yeah yeah i posted an instagram a while back of like someone taking blood from me for a mm. blood test and people freaked out they're like whoa <laughs> people get funny about that but that's just you know that's just an example of a tangible a tangible piece of right. pain you know whereas these, these other things like sicknesses or things like that but there's a way that and you know like someone like dr joe dispenza in his book you are the placebo mm-hmm. again where he talks about the placebo effect i mean placebo placebo effect is the one thing that's treated every known condition from fucking mechanical mm-hmm. issues he talks about you know sham knee surgeries that fix knees you know placebo knee surgeries that were as effective as real knee surgeries uh-huh. he talks about poison ivy he talks about all kinds of things from every different disease and that's why you have to account for it in every scientific process and what is that well that's the mind telling the body that it's going to get well and so the point of that book is to help you train the mind Mm -hmm. in order to take greater control over the body and direct the body to get well whereas a lot of times the converse of the placebo effect is the nocebo effect in which the mind is telling the body that it's getting sick and actually exacerbating the sickness through its own mind and i think there's a level of you know nagual or a level of freedom and and access of the mind that we can actually really fully take control of what's happening in our body and you know that's also something that wim hof is proving Mm -hmm. in university studies by using breath and using the cold and and i think that's the frontier of how to handle the body it's not going to be better and it will be also better pills and better surgeries and better radiation and better chemo whatever whatever the fuck comes on but mm-hmm. it's also going to be better ability to use the mind to do what the body is fully capable of because we're only doing a fraction of that and so that's like to me the double the two goals is to be able to get my mind to to direct the body in the way that i want it to direct the body a la wim hof or a la mm-hmm. you know what these examples are from Dispenza's books and then also you know allow the mind to release attachment to all of these identities and egos and worldly things so that really man at that point all the the only thing to do is just fucking laugh and play and mm-hmm. love and just you know you deal with the shit that comes up you know there'll always be pain but there won't be the suffering attached to it and more and more and and Westworld's really kind of sparked that for me interestingly um more and more that's that's clearly the goal and and a lot of it is just choice you know like i'm choosing to not engage in these fears and not engage in these emotions and i'm not good at it yet i'm not like i'm not saying like i fucking figure this shit uh-huh. out but i think when 
you know, if I'm able to, it's going to feel fucking incredible, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm going to be the best version of myself that I can be. Yeah. I I think that, (laughs) I mean, I, I I feel like that I might have the the most new agey thing I've ever said to you is, you know, probably like 15 years ago, I hurt my knee really bad Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was like swollen, like a, you know, like a grapefruit and, I was like, you know, I was reading about placebo and mind body healing and stuff like mm-hmm. that at the time. And I was like, I'm just going to like in my meditation, I'm just going to try and focus on my knee and focus on my knee. And I would do that. I mean, it was huge. So I'm going to focus on it, focus on it. I did that and did that. And like it got better, but it had been swollen for like six weeks before I started yeah. doing that. And I don't, you know, like always, I'm not going to say I believe that that fixed it or I don't believe that it fixed it, but it was an interesting thing to observe. And it well, made me- that's, I mean, you told me before how you used your mind to grow your 12 inch cock. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? right. Like it started really small when you were a kid. Yeah. Every day you meditated on growing your dick bigger. Yeah. And that was, that was 12 years ago. So now, you know, it still looks like a, like a gas station where you pull up. And it's got the thing. Have you ever heard that joke, by the way? Those two aliens land on earth. This is where I, where it comes from. My dad yeah. told me this joke. Two aliens land on earth. And uh, one of them goes and he pulls out his ray gun and he walks over to a gas tank and he's like, man, I'm going to, uh, he's like, Tell, take me to your leader. And he didn't say anything. He's like, hey, don't ignore me. Take me to your leader. And the other alien's like, man, you shouldn't, shouldn't threaten that guy. And he's like, whatever. He shoots him and explodes and they all get, you know, as they're laying there dying, the one alien's like, how did you know not to mess with that guy? He's like, dude, anything that can take its stick, wrap it around its shoulder three times and stick it in the end of it in its pocket is a bad <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Uh, <laughs> um, so, anyway, you know, the, back to mind body healing. Uh, that that you know that process, whether it was an actual like uh, happening of mind body healing, or if it just got better at that time for whatever reason, my knee, um, it really turned on the idea in my mind that like that f- the way I was focusing and feeling about that knee when I was meditating, I thought like, why don't I just focus on that on my entire body every day? And you didn't probably. No, I did. I did. You did. I still do. You did. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. And it's one of those things that just move forth of like draw like that same feeling, the idea of healing and the, the feeling, the idea of healing. It's, um, you know, I, I think about that constantly. And I mean, yeah. I mean, in my meditation. Well, talking, so I was talking to Hamilton recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Maestro Hamilton is a ayahuasca shaman, a mutual friend of both me and Corey's. He's been on both our podcasts. Um, but he was, he had a gnarly motorcycle crash yeah. in Iquitos had a bunch of physical pain and his hip was in his shoulder. Yeah. Like <laughs> really not a good situation. Yeah. And despite his, you know, prowess in the realms of consciousness and how much he's accessed, he never really directed his mind to heal his body. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he was using marijuana and using whatever else he could to kind of cope with it and the medicine and, but never really fully engaged all of his efforts towards healing his body. And I was talking to him recently and he sounded better than I've ever heard him. You know, like he was more lucid, more relaxed, more like, and, I, you know, talking about what he was doing. And he said basically the same thing. He's like, finally, I was like, nothing is nothing else is working here. I got to use my mind to heal my body. And um, and that's, you know, Joe Dispenza's story. He got in right. a horrible, uh, I think it was a bicycle accident and and multiple fractures and whatever. And he directed his mind to heal it. And there's amazing stories like that. And sure, it could all be coincidence and just the people, you know, confirmation by it, just the people who happen to coincidentally be working on it and healed mm-hmm. at the same time end up writing a book and that's how you get this idea. Right. Or it could be something there. And and the evidence from the placebo effect, you know, which is 
undisputable. I right. mean, the placebo effect is counted for yeah. in every fucking clinical trial. For sure. You know, it's not disputable that the mind can control many functions of the body. So if you are able to tap into that, which, you know, makes a lot of sense and, and how and how that works is it's belief, but it's beyond belief. It's almost like belief is just like, man, I think I'm going to get well. But if you really thought you were going to get well, you would feel like you were mm-hmm. going to get well. You'd be excited about getting well. You would imagine in your mind, in your heart, and everything would be unified to the belief that you were on the way to getting well. And you would hold that state. And that's really what they teach, you know, is this kind of envisioning process that makes it more than cerebral belief. It makes it somatic belief mm-hmm. where like you identify that state of health and thriving in your body and, and, and emotionally anchor it as well so that you're sending all of the cues necessary. And it's really, really interesting. It's something that even though I've read that, I don't do it. And that's a funny thing for me. Like, if I just did you all the do stuff, everything, man. if I did all the stuff yeah. that I knew how to do, I'd I'd be way better. But I think you know, again, you, it's another protection mechanism of the mind. Yeah, I we guess. can't deal with everything. That's if right. I, yeah, we, yeah. If we if we dealt with everything, we wouldn't be able to deal with anything. Yeah, we have to be able to get a tunnel vision, catch that pig in the jungle. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, so to me, that's like those are the frontiers. It's just greater and greater levels of freedom. Trying to reach that level of nagwa where it's really i'm in control of my own state of mind you know Mm -hmm. and you hear great stories of people taking control of their state of mind like in in ryan holiday's book obstacle is the way there is the prisoner of war that was in a horrible conditions in vietnam right and all the people around him miserably suffering but he kept his mind um, he kept his mind under his own control by playing rounds of golf at his favorite golf course every day. And he would mentally play these rounds of golf. And sometimes he'd hit it into the fray and he'd hit it all over the place and he'd play rounds of golf. And it kept his mind, you know, from going to the dark, dark places. That yeah. It's like were, people in jail killed. that play chess in the air. That, that's, yeah. that totally trips me out. Yeah, exactly. They, they, t- they call out, the th- they just talk and they play chess through words. Yeah. Because they call out, okay, you know, knight to whatever. Yeah. And then the dude in the cell over there is like, you know, whatever. And the, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Like that. And, yeah. and, and so, and then he gets out, you know, and as the story goes, he gets out of, um, you know, his prisoner of war camp. Right. Goes back to that golf course and shoots par. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's because he visualized it the yeah. whole whole way and and but basically he was able to take control of his mind and prevent a great deal of his suffering so even in the worst conditions you know he was able to have an existence that wasn't pure hell you Mm -hmm. know just by harnessing the control of his own mind and his own thoughts and i mean it's all everything is like the a human life is about perspective yeah you know it's it's all about your mental tenacity and your ability to ride that wave and guide the sail you know in your perspective and whenever you find it naturally which will happen to all of us it does happen is going down a negative state you know to be able to recognize that and to be able to shift that sail a little bit even and even if it's in a negative state where you can't overcome it because it's too powerful or if it caught you too off guard in the midst of that having the self-awareness to go okay this sucks but it's temporary and it's going to it's going to pass and i'm going to move on to how you know i like to feel and um, I have this theory about like all these things we're talking about, about harmony. Mm-hmm. It's like the healing in the body. You know, you, you talk about having a, p- a positive state of mind and optimism. 
I think that that thing, as you said, it's been proven over and over again that, you know, cancer cells, people that say, hey, you know, there's this new uh, cancer treatment from some dude that's just like rocked with, he, he looks like um, um, some X-Men character, you know, with like just cancer cells. And they shoot him up with this, like, you know, you only have two weeks to live, so you know, you try this experimental therapy. And then the cancer cells and all the tumors start shrinking. And then they go, hey, by the way, that was water. And he's like, really? And then he dies. He dies. Like, yeah, <laughs> a couple there's of days stories later. like that. In, in there are. The yeah, I've, I've, you know? yeah, totally. And so, you know, to me, I think it's this question of harmony. So if you think about like harmonic vibrations, and this can be an atomic level too. And even like if you go down to, I've been thinking a lot about like quarks and nucleuses a lot lately. Would. And that this, I had this idea that if you, we, we keep seeing that the universe is expanding and they keep seeing more and more, you know, galaxies. And then they keep finding smaller and smaller bits on the, on the micro level. And I just think that they're, so scientist is going to be looking through an instrument and finding the thing below or like the stuff that makes a, a cork and mm-hmm. an, an, an atom. And then they're going to see the cosmos in that thing. So it's just totally. a loop, you know. They're um, going to see those little fucking fractal mandalas that you saw on your, <laughs> on your I hope ayahuasca. That they, I hope they do. They're like, well, pretty much Corey Allen got it right <laughs> <laughs> when he was blasted on ayahuasca and shooting people from his ego heart. Uh, we can only hope so. Oh, yeah. if everyone can experience that feeling in their own way. Um, but anyway, I really think the concordance of vibration has a lot to do with that because... Mm-hmm. If you think about like all the atoms and all the cells in your body are like stuck together basically by the ele- electromagnetic field and that that field and the way that all the atoms in your body are like it's like this weird you know it's a bunch of sand or like I, th- I think about the beehive this is you know like the, the atoms in your body are actually like they're not all attached there's a there's a threshold in where the edge of your body and nothingness or the outside of your body there's a gray area where there's sort of this floating uh fog of your own cells that are always coming off or like sticking you know kind of still electromagnetically stuck to your body so there's so where does it begin where do you begin and where does the universe end that's one question which is of course nowhere it's everything is one we Mm -hmm. all know that um but you know as far as concordance goes the the concordant vibration like like in music keeps harmony together like like waves vibrate together and create you know uh, you know, harmonic resonance and so like in the body the vibration of our atoms all sticking together if it's harmonically resonant in a positive and opt you know positive way that creates that's literal like musical optimism or vibrational concordance and so discordance you think in music you think of a horror movie those you know strings sure. orchestral strings that are you know that make you very unsettled and uncomfortable and literally give you anxiety while you're watching a horror movie or something like that make you feel like tension it's all calculated it's all like these vibrations like the musical notes that we'll put together will create a, a discordant vibration where it's colliding of the colliding of sound waves which actually creates like a sonic breaking it's like that's mm-hmm. why that sounds uncomfortable to us so if you think about the, those two structures within the context of the organization of the human body it's like if we are in a state of, of vibrational concordance internally then we will continue to grow and have that harmonic resonance but if we have parts of us that are in a state of discord 
then and we're going to be literally the, be tearing apart. Yeah, and it's the thoughts that create that exactly. concordance in the discord. You know, exactly. those positive thoughts, those feelings of love and bliss and joy and happiness and all of these things, it flushes through your body where your heart feels open. And then there's the other thing where it feels like your heart is a and stomach or fists clenching tight and getting sore and your head and everything is like coming together and squeezing tighter, you know, and it's... Um, you can feel those processes happening and you know clearly when you feel that squeezing that's when cortisol is spiking mm -hmm. and there's you know you can trace it through the body the negative effects of what's actually happening when these stress hormones are released in in the negative way and when the positive hormones are released in a negative way and the, the fucked up thing also talked about in, in joe dispenza's book is that the body you know up regulates and down regulates these receptor sites to receive those chemicals that are being produced from those mm -hmm. different states so our bodies are like addicts for what right. we're used to so we get addicted to the stress and anxiety we get addicted to the feeling of fear or we get addicted to the feeling of happiness and addicted that's why it's hard to change that's why we can't just you know, right off the bat, you know, say, you know, what? I'm going to be totally different. I'm not going to be <laughs> not going to be anxious. I'm not going to be afraid. Mm -hmm. I'm not because we're literally addicted to the to the neurochemicals that the body is producing to create those states. And it takes a while to shift yeah. those over to it's a gradual process of uh, of changing those addictions. And, you know, so it's it, literally like it's a garden, you know, where you yeah. can be like, well, all these tomatoes like be limes it's like yeah. no no you got to plant some seeds let <laughs> yeah, that grow exactly. and then like you know get the tomato you know thing out of there a little bit and let yeah. it out. yeah 100 percent. the body is slow and i think that's another area of tension like the mind and consciousness fast it's light right. it is light yeah it's literally it's moving literally at light speed yeah the body is slower the body's like a tree it's moving at wood speed, mm -hmm. you know? So like wood speed takes fucking way longer. And you got, I want that in my car. On the <laughs> yeah. Wood speed, light speed, and spaceships are going to have that. But like, fuck, you, it's, like, it's, like a, it's like a tree bending towards the sunlight. Mm -hmm. Like You got to give it fucking time. And we don't give it time because we want everything immediately because our mind is light and we identify only totally. as mind. We're like, man, I want this thing now. How come I'm not well immediately? I just meditated. Uh -huh. You know, like I tried it. It's just it's bogus it doesn't work <laughs> well you're bending the tree towards the light you're stretching the roots towards the water you got to give that shit time but we don't like to give it time totally you know i used to joke about like why why i'm tall is because my body is growing upwards towards the light in my brain yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna grow one of those little buddha little fucking pineal pine cone heads <laughs> out, of the, out of the top of your head <laughs> That's funny, man. I mean, I think these things like, and there's also the, some, you got to acknowledge the force of resistance, mm -hmm. you know, which is, which is which a good is, thing too, which like, is a good yeah. thing, but it's real. It like there is a force of resistance preventing us anytime we're trying to go from a lower vibration to a higher right. vibration, from a lower level to a higher level, we're going to fucking encounter resistance. Yeah. It's how the universe is set up. Right. It's without that, the game sucks. Mm -hmm. It's boring. It's a video game with no monsters. It's immediate ascension, immediate enlightenment. We're all unified back with the, the Godhead, with mm -hmm. the divine, with the one, and the game sucks. So the, the resistance is like built into the system, and it's through that process that this, that this becomes interesting. Yeah, I was just honest the other day, like, you know, that it's all about, again, perspective, whereas people look at that resistance in life, things they want to achieve externally or internally, and it's like, you get frustrated. It's like, man, I'm always fighting against this stuff. I've got these challenges, whatever they may be. Um, 
And it's I look at that resistance as combustion. So it's not a thing that's holding you back, but it's the thing that your your will and the thing that's keeping your will from getting to where it wants to be is it's creating a fire. So them rubbing together the resistance in your in your perseverance and tenacity pushing forward through the resistance creates fire that gives you more fuel to continue forward more. Yeah. So it's all about how you look at it. You know, if you look at that stuff as like inspiration and drive, it's like, all right, I'm gonna like you know, rub two sticks together right now and create fire. Then that's a beautiful way it, to look at it. Yeah, it becomes just ex- like another exciting, uh, useful part of existence. Beautiful. So let me drop this other thing I've been thinking about on you, All which right. you'll, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Um, so I've been thinking about thoughts a lot as well lately. Mm-hmm. And um, I did this thing uh, probably a year ago where I, I sat in my meditation, I would just watch my thoughts arise because I wanted to try and track back as deep down as like where they could come from. I'm like, all right. I know I can see my thoughts. You track them to your balls. You? <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> yeah, for Bad sure. thoughts come out of one. Good <laughs> thoughts come out of the other. It's the angel and the devil. <laughs> you actually have those tattooed on your scrotum, right? Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, you've seen it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so close. Yeah. Right? It was bouncing off my face, so I could hardly see it. Um, so, uh, yeah, like I was trying to like watch where my thoughts are coming from and track them deeper and deeper and deeper just to figure out because it's a lot of things I thought about and um, or I thought about over the years and like what is a thought? Like whose thought is that? It's this thing that's arising in the mind but we don't believe all of our thoughts. All of our thoughts that come up are some, we have the crazy negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Fucked know, up thoughts sometimes. Or, oh yeah, constantly. <laughs> yeah. But it's all about, you know, obviously it's you are not your thoughts, you're how you respond to your thoughts. You know, but I wanted to know where they're coming from. Um, this is all stuff I cover in my new ebook called One Point of oh, Life. Oh shit. You can go to one <laughs> number one point of life.com and check that out. <laughs> uh-huh. But anyway, so I've been, you know, thinking about the arising of these thoughts and um, you know, think of where they come from. I started thinking like, well, what is that? Where is that thing coming from? Because I am not these thoughts that are arising. You know, I am the thing that's that's dealing and managing these thoughts. But then they go away. Like you think about some things and some thoughts arise and you never have that thought again. Yeah. And sometimes more thoughts come back around. You think about things, you know, you sometimes even ruminate on things over and over and over. So I started thinking like, and this is obviously speculative, fun, you know, fun time. But I'm mm-hmm. like, are... Are, are we actually like our brain is a conduit and the thoughts, whatever those things are, some unsensible electrical force or field is actually in the ocean of the all. And our brain is like pulling in from this pool external of us. The thoughts arise like from our brain some go into the hemispheres of our brain and they go out an exhaust system back out into the cosmos. And we're like just pulling in water and expressing water essentially all the time. So we have this like floss that's going through our brain of things that are outside of us, but are some, you know, as I said, undefinable, unknown electrical source. And then it's up to, and a lot of people have similar thoughts, but the conduit is what looks that makes that material look different. And it's how we respond to them. Or another thing, another potentiality is, are, is there actually only one thought? Like we, we look at consciousness as like all this flooding of ideas and thoughts and all these things coming that we try and deal with, but it's actually like a, one singular static part of the brain, like one vein going through there that's static. But because our brain is always crackling, we're looking at this thing and we think it's always changing, but it's actually this like energy bar that's just vibrating this thing that is 
thought, but the chemicals and the, the changes in our brain make that thing seem like it's always this illusionary mm -hmm. kind of shifting thing. We're trying to deal with it. Yeah. I think the brain is like the, the central command center for thoughts. It's like basically translating a lot of input from a lot of different sources. And if I had to just say what my initial reaction to that would be is that the cells in the fascia and the body and in, including the testicles are, are pushing <laughs> and are pushing in different messages into the brain. Like when you're hungry, the thought of hunger arises. Like where does mm -hmm. that come from? That comes from a need for cells. When you right. haven't been breathing, the thought to breathe comes because the cells need oxygen. So the cells are communicating mm -hmm. into the brain and the brain itself needs oxygen. Everything's communicating into the brain. And that brain is creating thoughts and action items based upon that. So there's input that's, that's coming in from the body for sure. Right. And then there's input that's coming in from the ego. Mm -hmm. There's input that's coming in from your consciousness. And then I think there's also input that comes in, you know, and I don't need to go, I don't, you know, I don't have to go too deep into Rupert Sheldrake's morphic resonance field mm -hmm. kind of concept to talk about, you know, dogs and knowing their owners right. coming home. I, I'm not talking about that, but I do feel like we're connected collectively to the collective consciousness, which I liked him describing it as the morphic resonance field for, for mankind. Mm -hmm. And in general, for other things, we're connected as well, but particularly for mankind. And I think species have this kind of collective, collective consciousness that you can tap into. Sure. And I think all of the thoughts and ideas and impulses of all of mankind are available and in the ether. And I think sometimes these thoughts will come through, like certain violent thoughts or mm -hmm. certain certain sexual thoughts or certain I'm having one of each right or, now. <laughs> <laughs> they often coincide. <laughs> but you know, and, and these things are are like it's just a part of what what the input is there's just multiple yeah. levels of input and then the brain is the kind of the authority that actually translates that and puts that to word it's the same what i think with a lot of the psychedelic experience it's like it's translating pure light that's coming from these plants or mm -hmm. dna or whatever the fuck you want and neurochemically locking into your brain and it's creating light and creating vision you know but that's just the translation into our perception right. it's like all of this input it's smashed and translated into a perception like, device. All right, make it where the monkey can understand it. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes yeah. it's like, fuck, that's unintelligible. Mm -hmm. You know, and the brain's like, yeah, I don't know. It's that's just a lot that's of whenever that, that thing that's creating the thing is like hung over that day. <laughs> Look, I tried to put it in, uh, man, I tried to put it in a shape you can understand, yeah, but dude, I'm having a bad I mean, fucking day, the monkey man. just doesn't have the brain. Yeah, I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> you know? I need and some I think astral a lot of, aspirin right now. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times that happens, but sometimes it does get translated into more cohesive thought. So I don't know. It's interesting though. It's, it's interesting to explore that and understand that I think we identify our thoughts so much. And I think it's been a horrible shame to, you know, to in, in a religious context, people have felt guilt over their thoughts. Mm, yeah. You know, brutal. like, like your thoughts, if you have these thoughts, if you have these sexual thoughts, you're a bad person. If you have these thoughts, you're a bad person. No, we all have fucked up thoughts. Yeah. Everybody has fucked up thoughts. Doesn't make you a bad person. Makes you, have, you a person. It makes you a person. And it's the choices of what you decide to do are enough. Mm -hmm. Like it's not the thoughts. We're all fucking, we're all demons. Right. You know, if, if, if we're going to get hung and judged upon our thoughts, you know, it's, it's about the choices and what you bring and the preponderance of everything. But when you're afraid of your thoughts, Fear then attracts more of those thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like if you have that jarring thought that scares you, like, man, that was a fucked up thought. 
it's going to be way harder to stop those thoughts from coming in. And, and what you end up doing is like, oh man, that was a fucked up thought, you know, but you know what? Mankind in general, in the collective has had fucked up thoughts. So that thought is going to move through me and it's not going to stress me out. Right. And then those thoughts become more fleeting and they just kind of pass through. And it's like that proverbial leaf on the stream that just moves by. (laughs) Yeah. To me, they, I just, my response to that, I mean, pretty much everything is just, it's hilarious. It's yeah. like like I've, I'll have kind of these consistent, you know, little little things that'll pop up in my brain, and whenever I'm like really bored or just like not, you know, I want to move on, I'll I'll just think about. I keep getting the thought of just getting a drill and just drilling right in the front of my forehead to kill myself, yeah. and that just makes me laugh because it's so ridiculous. You know? Yeah, exactly, and that's the and that's the approach, and that's the that's being the nagual. The nagual is not the person who doesn't have thoughts that are. But the Nagual is the person who just laughs right. at those thoughts. <laughs> that was fucked up. You know, well, and then just moves on because totally. they're not they're not tortured by it. They don't get the the cringe. They don't get the discordant mm-hmm. disharmony. You know, it's the person that laughs in the horror movie, you know, rather than gets engaged in yeah, it. Yeah, the killer. Everyone be the killer <laughs> in the <laughs> horror movie. <laughs> oh, fuck. Corey, man, it's always a pleasure having you on board, my brother. Thank you very much. Um we could do this for hours, and, and perhaps we should. We do a tantric podcast? Floating floating that idea along. Yeah. But uh, I'm having a hard enough time keeping up with this one <laughs> as it is. But um, a real pleasure, my brother. Everybody, please. Corey um, has some great meditations. Of course, online. He's got his One-Pointed Life book um, that's that's out as well. Definitely check him out. Follow him on the Astral Hustle podcast. Um, that's dope as shit. It's been an honor, man. It's Thank been a you. cool fucking journey. I'm, I'm so stoked to uh, be a part of this with you. Likewise, man. Always yeah. an absolute pleasure and good times. Good times. Brain-tickling good times. Good times. And yeah. speaking of good times, anybody who's listening before Black Friday weekend, um, you can say mad loot at On It right now. All our shit's going to be on sale. It's going to be mayhem. It's going to be dope. Um, so definitely check it out. What do you think is the, the best thing to grab, like sale-wise? What's the deepest discount? Man, it's everything's going deep. Like everything's going super deep, supplements going super deep, fitness equipment. Like if you wanted to like make a commitment and set up your, you know, your gym space. Wait, wait, um, are you are you trying to trying to tell me something right now? <laughs> if if somebody in the room somebody wanted to make a commitment, <laughs> had a little extra time. <laughs> no, whatever, man. Everything everything's gonna be everything's gonna be on there except nice. for except for TPC, which is already super discounted, anyways. But um, anyways, check it out if you're into it. And mad love, everybody. Much be love. thankful. Be grateful. You know, have fun with your family if that's possible. If not, have fun anyway. Be the Nog will control your thoughts that's and right. fucking enjoy the holidays. Have a good thanks, but no Thanksgiving. That's <laughs> yeah. what I call it. I don't like what it stands for, but I like getting together with family. So it's a thanks, no but doubt. no Thanksgiving. No doubt. We can do our own thing. Mad love, everybody. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Peace.